The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Did that really just happen? No, really, did it? Because it's been four hours since the game ended, and I still don't believe it. It's Davo on another edition of your dish here on Clubhouse Conversation as the Royals improbably stay alive, to say the least, right? Improbable they'd come back and win this one, but they did. They evened it up 2-2 two to two with Houston after a five-run, eight-inning propels KC to a 9-6 win. And what became a morgue down there at Minute Maid Park? Good grief. And how about some odds? If you're into odds, at the end of the seventh inning today, the Royals had a 1.6% chance of winning this game. 1.6% chance is what KC had if you go by strictly the numbers at the end of the seventh inning. How about last year for comparison's sake in the wild card game? At that exact same juncture when the Royals found themselves down four in that eighth inning, last year they had a 3.5% chance at winning the game. So 1.6 today, 3.5 last year. And it is true the Royals came back multiple times last year in that wild card game. And it's true that the Royals were able to extend payroll and garner a lot more interest to make a World Series run based on that one game. So to this point, you could definitely make the argument the wild card game was bigger. But it's like apples to oranges. It's a good thing we're even arguing about this, right? I would say today, to me, was even more improbable. And we'll get to that. We're going to break this whole game down. We're going to preview as well the Game 5 match at the K-707 on Wednesday night. But first, let's start with our player of the game. It's Eric Hosmer. First of all, puts the nail in the coffin with a two-run home run in the ninth. Good to see Haas get hits in his last two ABs. Goes deep. Two big runs for KC, but also a huge hit that knocked in a run during that five-run eighth inning for the Royals. Also scored that inning. And let's begin with that. And we'll get to Ventura and the pitching and, and do all that. Some more odd talk here. Some odds talk. But that inning offensively, you, you saw Ryan Matson basically implode for the Royals out there in the seventh. Matson gives up two runs on four hits in the seventh inning, including back-to-back home runs to Carlos Correa and Colby Rasmus. And things looked as though they were done for the 2015 season at that point. I still had hope going into that inning that the Royals could come back. It was actually pretty positive overall. But that half inning put the nail in the coffin for me the first time. I mean, I, Hosmer put it in for me again in the ninth or, you know, ending with that home run. But for me, the nail was in the coffin after those back-to-back home runs. And you followed up with a little seeing eye single up the middle. The crowd's going nuts. And you think, man, it's over. I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, you know I thought it was over at Royals Clubhouse. And I felt, you know, some emotions came to me thinking, man, are we ever going to win a World Series now? We had last year Game 7. At home, you know, this year we go all in and give up so many pitching prospects like Sean Manaya and Cody Reed and Finnegan and Lamb. You go out there to give those guys up to get names like Johnny Cueto, who won't be back, and Ben Zobrist, 50-50 is back. You wonder if the Royals re-sign Gordon. You start thinking about other teams like Cleveland with that starting pitching and Houston with these position players for years to come and Minnesota, and you start thinking yourself as our, you know, as our, as our window starting to crack shut. I was thinking that. I, will, I was. I'll admit that. I mean, you look at market conditions, teams like the Yankees and Red Sox and White Sox and Tigers can go out and buy guys and can can keep all their homegrown players. The Royals' homegrown players are getting to the point where one or two of them or more of them may be going in the next one to three years. 
with contracts getting bigger, guys getting a little bit older, having to save money at certain points. Because uh, somebody in the second or third smallest MLB market, it's tough to keep those kind of guys. By the way, I think it's second smallest market, but now I hear reports the Royals are now the third smallest market. So either way, though, the Royals are a smaller market. You know, a, a different topic for a different day. But I started thinking to myself during that long commercial break after the home runs, and before I know it, top of the eighth inning rolls around. I'm depressed. I'm down in the dumps big time. And then it happened. Alex Rios, a seemingly innocent leadoff single. You think to yourself, wow, would have been nice if MLB and the replays in New York didn't screw the Royals out of that seventh inning, right? When Terrence Gore got called out at third base, making the third out of that inning after the replay, he was called safe and New York overturned it. Still can't figure out, A, he was forced off the base by Valbuena. B, he wasn't tagged with a glove. It was like a forearm. So first you think to yourself, well, it sure would have you know, been nice if that base hit would have been allowed to happen there. New York, Rios gets a leadoff single. You kind of just think whatever, right? At that point, you're just still ticked. And that was off of Will Harris, who'd come in the inning before for Lance McCullers. And then Alcides Escobar gets a single, and you think, well, this is cool. We're still down four runs, though, right? Then Ben Zobrist a single. And you're like, hmm, starting to perk up a little bit here. Bases loaded, nobody out. Tying run coming to the plate, okay. Lorenzo Kane knocks in a run. It's now 6-3. to three. Bases still loaded, nobody out. Tony Sipp comes in, even with his reverse splits, to face the lefty Eric Hosmer. So Sipp better against righties than he is lefties. Hosmer greets him with a single. Now it's 6-4, to four, nobody out. Now I'm fired up. Now I'm like, man. is this? And I'm already thinking about the eighth inning against John Lester, the wild card game, aren't you? Right At this point right now? The Kendrys Morales at bat is when you really knew the Royals were going to win this game. Because up to that point in this series, the Royals had really gotten no breaks. I mentioned it yesterday. How many times has Mike Moustaka stung a ball during this series right at an outfielder? I can count three off the top of my head that Moose stung right to the right fielder for Houston, George Springer. Alex Rios, a near double in game two that would have given the Royals a lead before they ultimately won that game when it was still tied. Remember that one? Just barely foul. Today, the Astros get that third run. The single, or sorry, the double just down the right field line. Scoring the run. Barely past Hosmer's glove. Barely far enough away from Rios where he couldn't get to it quicker. Like, it's just like a game of inches. The Royals had had nothing. And we'd seen Houston making great plays. They've been outplaying the Royals to this point. Better starting pitching in this series, no doubt. Better hitting in this series, no doubt. Bullpens were kind of a draw. To that point in the eighth inning, Houston had outplayed the Royals and deserved a win. They did, if you looked at it objectively. But then the Royals get a break after Houston seemingly is perfect on defense. Now, there was Chris Carter a couple times at first base, could have had double play balls and only got a force out, but you never saw him completely throw a ball away and have a two-base throwing area. You never saw anybody on Houston make a bad defensive play, really. Not in a big situation. I mean, you saw Lorenzo Cain yesterday drop a ball in left center that he catches 49 out of 50 times. You saw Rios butcher a ball or two in the right field corner in games one and two. Uh, There's a bunt made, the Moustakis and and Cueto, you know, defensive mislaps there mentally between the two, miscommunication. My point being, the Astros hadn't had that. Finally, they do. The Kendrys Morales at bat. They catch a break. The ball is hit, squared up nicely. Off of Sip, the pitcher deflects towards Correa, who was not going to turn two, but that would have been a force out at second base there. But the ball bounces just an inch away from his glove. Goes through the wickets. The game is tied. The Royals now have first and third with nobody out with Gerard Dyson in to run. 
You know at that point when it's six six, first and third, nobody out, I knew the Royals were gonna win. Just like I knew they were gonna lot, you know, lose fifteen minutes earlier. <laughs> I knew they were gonna win at this point. Dyson swipes second, and Mike Mustaka is a fantastic at bat. He's had several in this series. He strikes out ten pitch at bats. So maybe fantastic is the wrong word, but a good at bat. Seeing pitch after pitch after pitch. The Royals then have a second and third with one out situation. Tie game. Oh, Salvador Perez no longer in the game because of what I'd mentioned earlier when Terrence Gore came in to run for him the previous inning there in the seventh. And it's not September, so you can't pitch hit for Butera. There's no Francisco Pena over on the bench. So Drew Butera, his first postseason at bat. How big of a situation? Definitely, I'm sure if you ask him, the biggest at bat of his life. Second and third, one out, tie game, elimination game on the road. Top of the eighth, and Drew Butera gets to face Luke Gregerson, the closer. Big-time slider, big-time stuff. And Butera quickly gets down in the count one and two, including swinging in a slider way out of the zone. You're thinking, oh, crap, he took the first pitch fastball, 1-1, swings at the breaking ball low and away, it's 1-2. Oh. You know, you're thinking to yourself, man, come on, Drew, just get a sack fly, put the you know, bat in the ball, find a way, get that run in from third base, anything. Whatever it takes is what you're thinking. And then you kind of think, well, if he strikes out, we still have Alex Gordon. Thankfully, Butera could have easily folded there, and he didn't. A 10-pitch at-bat for Drew. He draws a walk against the closer. That, to me, the biggest at-bat of the game. And you could argue that Rios' at-bat leading out the inning was the biggest. You could argue the Morales at-bat, like I just said, with the ball going through the wickets, is the biggest at-bat. All those at-bats were huge because they were all dependent upon each other. If the Royals don't get all those at-bats, they don't win this game. But to me, the Butera at-bat's the one that nobody will talk about that perhaps was the biggest of that inning. It loads the bases for Alex Gordon. And you know what happens. Gordo, after he gets two strikes, finds a way to put the bat in the ball. Nice diving play by Altuve to his left, throwing out Gordo. But the run scores. The Royals go up 7-6. to six. They get a lead. Alex Rios walks. Escobar's called out on the high strike. But think back to this. If if Butera, let's just say, strikes out there, he's down on the count one and two, or an infield pop-up, if he doesn't get that run in from third, Gordon's next at bat, if you want to assume the same thing happened, which it may not have, things probably, in fact, wouldn't have been the exact same, but let's just say, let's just go by hypothetical that they would have been. Gordon's at bat's the third out of that inning and still tied. And Hosmer's not due up for several hitters. And you're probably going to get Gregerson the next inning. So not only would the Royals probably still be in a tie game, Hosmer would not have had the opportunity to get that two-run home run because you would have been three hitters earlier in the lineup, and Gregerson's probably still in the game because he wouldn't have thrown that many pitches at that point. It's the ninth inning. They would have probably run him back out there again. He did throw yesterday, but I'm assuming if he throws 12 pitches or less, he's back out there for the ninth. But the Royals get him above 20, and a lot of it's predicated by the bat by Butero. So that's kind of my thoughts on that. How big, I mean, gosh, every at-bat, that whole inning. Even the Mustaka strikeout, great at-bat. Rios draws a walk after starting the inning with a hit. Gets on base twice that inning. How about some credit for Rios, who's been a favorite Royals Nation whipping boy throughout the season and postseason. Couple walks on this series, a double, big hit today. Not having the season or series he wants overall, but at least Alex is contributing. Overall, a nice offensive day for the Royals. I mean, it didn't. It started off that way looking good, too, because you had the two-run opposite field home run by Salvi in the second off of Lance McCullers, who, by the way, nice cutthroat uh, little motion towards the Royals' dugout. Really worked out well for you there, man. Worked out great. Keep that up. How's that working for you? You mad, brah? 
But then you have, after that second inning, where the Royals get up 2-0, then you have basically nothing until the 7th and 8th inning. So it was frustrating there for a while. It did not look good. But, man, Casey came through in the end. I, for as much as I was nervous and not sleeping well last night, and maybe it's a little sad that a, you know, a grown man in his early 30s like myself is not sleeping well the night before a baseball game that I have no control over. Equally, I'll be just as excited. Well, I sleep that well tonight from, it's like Christmas, man, as a kid. Man, I, I still can't believe it. I can't believe it. Like, I was so happy. Were you yelling and screaming? Never cried. Never had tears in my eyes, surprisingly. I almost do now thinking back to it. What, what an emotional day if you're a true Blue Royals fan. If you've been through this, if you can name five players from the 2006 team, if you uh, can name four opening day starters from 98, even if you can't, even if you're 14 years old and you've been through the last three or four years, we were all in this together, Royals Nation. And many of us doubted. How can you not? You had a 1.6% chance at winning after giving up back-to-back home runs on the road in front of a raucous environment. Who really thought the wild card game could happen ever again as far as coming back from down four in the eighth in an elimination game, as let alone two years in a row? So be kind to your Royals fan. Don't give them too much crap. If you know Some people like to claim, oh, I believed the whole time. I was always positive. That may be true, but a lot of the people with that attitude probably haven't been fans since 1990 or 1980 or 2001. A lot of those people are probably in the last three or four years, which is fine. You have to have that. You have to have a new generation of baseball fans. That's great. That's The Royals have to have those people going out to the game and have to have them becoming fans. That's great. But it's easy for a lot of these people who haven't been invested for years and years to say, I always believe, because they don't care as much. They haven't been through as much. They haven't seen as much heartbreak. We're KC sports fans. We know about the heartbreak. So I'm just saying, don't, don't hate on people too much who are a little skeptical and down at that point. They were down because they cared so much and they were emotional, myself included. Now, mad credit to your Donald Ventura today. Let's go back to pitching because Ventura is kind of lost in the shuffle. And the line's not sexy at all. Five innings, three runs, not great. Now the eight strikeouts were in five innings. That's great. Just went away from Ty and Leonard's postseason record for the Royals. Strikeouts in a game of nine. Three runs on four hits, though. Three walks allowed by Ventura in the five innings. So not great. One of those walks was intentional, by the way. But I thought he responded well. He was intense. He came out focused. I could see it from the start, and I tweeted that at Royals Clubhouse. You could just see it. He looked angry, focused, like he was going to be the man today. It wasn't going to happen again. He wasn't going to lose again. And he didn't. And had Carlos Correa not turned around a fastball at 96 that was like five inches inside the plate for a home run, it would have been a great day for Ventura. Carlos Gomez did hit a ball off a tee that was a spinner up there, a hanging curveball in the middle, so that was a no-doubter and a bad pitch by Ventura. But the Correa one wasn't, the first one. Correa, of course, hit two home runs today. It's ridiculous how good he's going to be. If he stays healthy, guys like him and Trout and Harper are Hall of Fame players. They're the new generation of MLB, face of MLB. I'm not going to call Francisco Lindor a Hall of Famer, but Lindor could be a six, seven, eight-time All-Star for Cleveland. A lot of good young position players in the game. So Correa is good. Kelvin Herrera comes in, gives up a couple of walks and a run, but does strike out three. And the waiter, first two-inning save of the year, seven up, six down. Just a single allowed, three Ks, no walks. The Royals get it done. Nice outing by Ventura. It was a nice response. He threw the ball much better today than he did in that range-shortened game on. Royals are coming home. 
it just seems like destiny, doesn't it? Like this is like they're supposed to win this series now, and there's no guarantees. Houston's dangerous; they ain't gonna back down. But believe me, Houston in the back of their mind now has some doubt because they had the series won, they were at home. Now they've blown it. Uh oh, they're thinking now we got to go to Kansas City. It's gonna be tough for Houston, and it's gonna be tough for the Royals. It ain't gonna be an easy win. On Wednesday, and let's go over this game. Colin McHugh, who threw game one against the Royals. Johnny Cueto, who threw game two against the Strohs. That's the matchup, 7-0-7, like I said on Wednesday. McHugh, during the regular season, was 19-7 with a 3-8-9. Cueto, meanwhile, 11-13, a 3-4-4. Now, game one, McHugh, I thought the Royals kind of let off the hook. I didn't think the Royals had great approach. They were overswinging. Six innings against the Royals in game one, allowing two runs on four hits. One K, one walk. The good news is, I don't know. I don't feel like McHugh is really going to be a lot better than that. And I, the Royals saw him recently. I, I believe they'll come out more relaxed now. You have to believe. Coming home, knowing it's a winner take all, but you're at home now. You're seeing a guy for the second time. And realistically, the Royals, while they have had pretty good at-bats throughout this series, especially the last three games as far as patience and seeing pitches, the Royals have had pretty good high-quality at-bats. I will give them credit. Namely, Salvador Perez and Mike Moustakis. How about some of these at-bats? I mean, all the guys have, though. Rios has had some key walks. Gordo's had some key walks. Up and down that lineup. We've seen Escobar with more patience. Big kudos to the Royals for their approach. They, They couldn't get the big hit. What, 0 for 12 with runners in scoring position in games one and three combined? But they've been having better at bats, I thought. You know, just haven't had the luck. Been kind of asleep. Guys like Hosmer in particular, guys like Gordon, some of those guys haven't been getting the big hits, but now they're starting to. So you got to feel comfortable if you're the Royals coming home. You got to think to yourself, man, we're not playing that well. And it's 2 2. You know, we're bound. We're seeing this guy again. We haven't done crap so far in this series. Because the Royals to themselves have high expectations. They're thinking to themselves they haven't done much offensively. Those guys know they can play much better. And that's a good thing because they're confident. They know coming home against McHugh, we've seen this guy. We're back at home. We haven't been playing that well, but we will now. We're, we're, we're relaxed. We know what it takes. We got this, guys. We got Cueto on the mound. I love the Royals in this matchup. Now, one thing you do have to assume is that Dallas Keuchel is available for two to three innings. Probably a guy you see in the middle innings between the fourth and seventh. So a chance the Royals do get Keuchel two or three innings. So it's important the Royals get off to a lead. It's important every game in the postseason, but the Royals need to get at least two, three runs minimum off of McHugh, who will not probably go much more than five innings, especially if Keuchel's available. They got Mike Fires as a long guy available as well, although he may be safe for extra innings if they're going to, in fact, use Keuchel. And they may not, but I think it's a pretty damn good chance you're going to see him. So the Royals need to get to him early in that game. They're throwing Johnny Cueto, who was disappointing in game two. We talked all about that. It was just not a good outing for Cueto. Six innings overall for Cueto in game two. Four runs on seven hits. Going to have to be better. The encouraging thing was he did retire, did Johnny. 12 of the last 14 he faced and did throw scoreless frames the fourth through the sixth inning. So uh, while the Royals in one fashion won despite Cueto in game two, he did keep them, quote-unquote, in the game. I hate that term, but he did. He kept them in the game, gave them a chance to come back before the bullpen shut down, and the Royals excelled late in that ball game. How can you not like the Royals, though, right? Coming home in game five. It's far from a lock. This is going to be a tough game, but you've got to like the Royals and their chances as we head into game five. Man, what 
What more can you say? I hope I hope I've done an okay job of going over this game and making some points that you agree with. Some some maybe you don't, but maybe some things you hadn't thought about. I hope you know. I'd love to hear from you your thoughts on this game. Comment here on the site at Royals Clubhouse on Twitter, Clubhouse Conversation on Facebook, Davo at ClubhouseConversation.com. Hope to hear from you, and we will be talking to you either way late on Wednesday night once again on Clubhouse Conversation as the Royals hopefully are contemplating who to throw in game one of the ALCS, which will be a Volquez, by the way, if the Royals can get through this. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday night. Fingers crossed. What a day. What a day for the Royals. Talk to you soon.